Hi, I'm Will Stein and welcome to Geography Island Jams. This podcast is in the same style as the BBC Radio 4 series, Desert Island Discs, whereby in each episode I ask my interviewee what eight songs, book and luxury item they will take with them if they are stranded on a desert island. For rights reasons, the music has not been included in this podcast. You can find links to the songs either on the Geography and Environment website or on the Geography Island Jams Spotify music account. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Geography Island Jams. Joining me today, I have second year BA Geography student, Jennifer Jam. Over the past academic year, Jennifer has brought the Geography and Environment Society Instagram page to life. As marketing officer, she has been responsible for almost all of the social media content. Whether it be walkthroughs of our virtual campus or eye-catching infographics, Jennifer has done it all. Jennifer's love for geography predates her time starting the LSE. Whilst in school, she was known as the geographer, and on her gap year, she was a research assistant at the Institute of Geographic Sciences and Natural Resources Research within the Chinese Academy of Sciences. As well as being passionate about geography, Jennifer describes herself as a sustainable fashion lover. She has done internships and part-time jobs for fashion companies such as Nike, Hollister, and various Australian fashion labels. Outside of being a geographer, Jennifer is a tutor, freelance translator, amateur photographer and filmmaker, and also a content creator for Billy Billy, a Chinese video sharing platform where she has over 5,000 subscribers. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. I love that. <laughs> now you've got, you know, what, what an opportunity for me to market our marketing officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's actually, I thought I'd start asking you about that. Um, yeah, so as I said, for the past year, you've done all the marketing for the Geography Environment Society. How's it been being the marketing officer in a almost completely virtual world? Well, um, I think it's it's very fun and, but, and also more time consuming than I had thought. I've never used Canva before and um, we were in the group chat and talking about using like Canva templates and how easy it is to make these wonderful posts using Canva. So I thought, okay, I might give it a try. Um, before um, having this role, I didn't know, I had no, I had no like actual idea of what to post or um, what it's in, uh, what I should do. But then I explored Canva a little bit and then I thought, oh, it's a very amazing platform with all of these um, very cute and like hmm. stuff that you can make infographics for. So yeah, I started using Canva and really enjoyed it. And I think for, um, for a marketing officer, because I mostly work on like Instagram and Facebook and doing these posts, so which are all, which are mostly virtual anyways. So that's not um, very difficult. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just been very, a very nice experience working with everyone in the committee. And I really enjoy all the posts that I do and their fee- feedback from everyone. It's just very heartwarming and amazing. It's crazy to think you didn't use Canva before because now they're just, wonderful you know i think it's really it really makes a huge difference when the society is that active and has so much content for people to go down um my next question is do you have a favorite type of content to produce oh i love all the weekly um umbrella posts because it's like themed the umbrella themed with the yellow um, background going on and it's like a constant theme but you can play around with it every week so i love that there's like this consistency but also varieties within that 
And I also especially love the video that I did for um, the Gather Town Social, like introducing Gather Town to everyone. Um, at first, I was just going to do like screenshots and introduce all the rooms to people. But then I thought, well, we've never done a video before. And I was a filmmaker and I also love making videos. So I thought, why not just do a video? And I actually got inspired by the game Undertale. I used the um, background music from that and like also did it in the, in the style because it was a very iconic game with very iconic music. So I thought I could do the um, introductory video like in tribute of that game, which is also like um, how Gather Town works. So the um, introductory video for Gather Town was one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, that was brilliant. I, I, I shamelessly used it in um, my tutorials for LSU staff to show them what Gather Town was. And I think it definitely helped get more departments um, behind the platform. Um, I love that. So yeah, I've got more, um, Questions, you know, related to LSE, but first, can I hear the first song you'll be taking with you? Yeah, of course. Um, the first song I'll be taking is my absolute favorite. Um, it's a song called Easy by Troy Sivan. I think, yeah, I've talked to you, I've talked um, yeah. about Troy Sivan with you before. He is my absolute favorite. I was going to do like all eight songs by Troy Sivan, <laughs> but then I thought, you know, we, we need a little bit of variety here. So I'm just going to put him as my first. So easy by choice event. It's I think it's a sad song about a breakup or like a heartbreak, but yet the melody is so upbeat and it just sounds so happy, which makes the sad song even sadder. It's kind of like how you're pretending to be happy and you're trying to make yourself happy by like mm -hmm. doing these um, things that make you happy and by smiling and stuff, but it's not working because in the end you're still hurting on the inside. I just think that it's so beautifully written and the emotions are so complex. It's just amazing. And I remember playing this on repeat on the Metro in the summer when I was going to work and it's just the best thing to start my morning. <laughs> so you're coming to the end of your second year now. Would you be able to give me any uh, favorite experiences from your time as a student so far? So far, I would definitely say it's the first year geography ball. Like everyone, I think if you ask every like LSE geographers here, they would say it's the LSE um, GNE winter ball. Like nothing beats that. It's just such a fun night, starting from the bus ride to mm -hmm. the, oh, the bus. The place. Yeah, we, we got the fancy bus, so it was very fun. There's like songs already playing, and I was on a um, 10 centimeter heels just dancing and at the end of the night I cannot walk anymore <laughs> yeah the funny thing is like I went to I, I went to the um, place in the fancy bus and then returned in normal one which I'm very glad for because at the end of the night I cannot walk by myself so it's just I had my head like on um, in the seat in front of me and my friend was just beside me and saying it's okay it's, it's okay we'll just carry you back into Bankside you had so much fun it's great <laughs> dare I ask but do you have a favorite virtual experience virtual experience um, if there's any it is actually quite a lot um so me and some of my friends we do like um, um we do gather we, we go on gather town and play the scribblio there which is mm. so fun <laughs> and um we'd also play among us together like at our spare times just because we need some um connection with each other um, we kind of had like only half a year together during our first year. So we didn't get to connect as much as we want to. So we'd cherish every single chance that we have. For example, the quizzes that you organize, they're amazing. And we love that, especially like guessing the lips of celebrities. And we well, that was a year ago now, wasn't it? 
yeah who knew like geographers would be doing that <laughs> no we so, yeah the virtual courses and the games i love that mm. and then you but you still spent a, a good amount of time in london would you be able to give me any favorite places um in london oh definitely there's quite a few actually um i love covent garden um, I've been, to, before coming to the LSE, I've been to London um, twice before and every single time I would just spend an afternoon in like a cafe in Covent Garden and like just spend my morning reading or listening to music and then strolling and shopping. And then in the evening, I would just go to Leicester Square, choose a good Chinese restaurant and just spend the evening there because, you know, I, spending so much time in London, I miss Chinese food so much. And surprisingly, there's... Um, many of the Chinese restaurants there are so good. I can say better than like the Chinese restaurants here even. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. So yeah, yeah, Covent Garden and Leicester Square. Perfect. And then before we move on to your next song, what would you say you're most excited for, all being well, being back in person um, next year? I am definitely excited for another virtual bowl and doing the marketing for that. I have many ideas. I'm just not mm. sure if I can carry it out. So yeah, the next virtual, no, not virtual bowl, an actual. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been saying like putting virtual in front of every single word now. It's just like, yeah. it becomes a habit. <laughs> yeah, it'd so, be yeah, funny and um, many other trips as well. I remember last year, I think it's the first two weeks we went to Juniper Hall. And that was amazing. It's such a good icebreaker trip for everyone. And I made like some of my closest friends there. And also look forward to a Cuba trip, if, Cuba trip, if it's possible next year. We can pray. So just trips and bowls and all the fun that we could have in person. Yeah, all of geography's best. It was that's why what geography's one of its best features is having all these great in-person experiences, the trips, the the big events. Yeah, we've been learning about Havana with Ryan Sender for five or six weeks now. <laughs> I'm just so looking forward to going there. We can hope, you know, who knows what 2022 has in store for us. Mm. Um, but um, what we can be certain of is your music. So what is the <laughs> next song you'll be taking with you? Song number two. Okay, the next song is also by one of my favorite singers. It's Selena Gomez, and the song is Rare. I think it came out last year or 2019. I forgot, but yeah, it's a relatively new song. And Rare, the song, like its title, it's about how like you yourself is unique and you have all these like very special and um, like traits that only you have. And I think the song also talks about how I think she's being with someone that doesn't recognize um, that doesn't recognize how rare she is and how like precious she is as a human. And so um, instead of still being with someone that doesn't appreciate you, you should just um, it's better to just be by yourself and love yourself, appreciate who you really are. And I think that's such a powerful message. And I really love like what she's conveying. And I live by that. I want and like even now I just have stickers on my laptop saying rare that's my favorite word now so Jennifer um you were born in Taiwan raised in Shanghai and you're now living in the town city Zhuhai wait sorry. I think oh, I didn't make that clear so born and raised in Shanghai but I'm a Taiwanese and I lived in Zhuhai for like 
several years. Juhai, sorry. I, I, can't, I still, you know, <laughs> going around the pronunciations. But yeah, so where, uh, where would you call home then? Would you say it's in where, where you are now? Um, it's actually quite complicated. I think generally I would say Shanghai is my home because I was born and raised here. But um, also like a big part of my family is in Taiwan as well. So I think I um, recently in like in especially these past few years, I think I should also call Taiwan my home. But me and my mom, because I grew up with my mom and we move around a lot, actually. And like I kind of describe my life as um, packed in different suitcases all around the world. Like I have stuff in Shanghai, I have stuff in Zhuhai, I have stuff in like another city in the storage unit in like in the middle of China. And there's also in London and it's just everywhere. So um, I'd love to call everywhere my home, but yeah, um, if I have to choose where I feel most belong, I would say it's in Shanghai here. So Shanghai, how would you describe Shanghai to someone who's never been before? Okay, um, Shanghai, it's a very big city, of course, um, you know, cities in China are already big, and Shanghai is like China big, which means it's, well, it's big in this area, and also it's very diverse in its people and the activities that's taking place here. So Shanghai, I think it's, um, it's a place where you can find old and the modern, and you can find like the national and the international, depends on where you live and where you go. So for example, I went to um, local Chinese schools and there it's like local Shanghainese and people all around China. And then I've also been to international schools where there's um, people like me who um, speaks like fluent English and fluent Chinese and doesn't quite feel like belong or at home anywhere in the world. There's like people from um, Europe and America and, and Australia, just everywhere and people going together in the city and there's like different circles where you can feel belong. And um, I've got more questions about international schools, but first I just thought, um, going with more childhood, do you have any favorite childhood stories or memories from your time growing up? Um, okay, I have, an, I have a, like, an interesting one, I guess, but it's not quite related to Shanghai. I guess I'll, I'll think fine. about another one as I go. So the first one, it's like the, the one that's made such an impact on me and my family. So when I was um, little, I was very skinny. I, I have no idea why. It's just I eat, but I also like I, I, I guess I run around a lot. So I was really skinny and um, I was also very naughty as well. I would play on the jungle gyms all the time. And like whenever my mom and parents are not watching, I would just run away somewhere and be jumping around. And before I think um, first year of primary school, like the day before I was, you know, being naughty again and going on the jungle gym and not looking after myself, I fell on the ground and broke my arm. At the time, I didn't know. I just thought, oh, that's painful. And then I went home and everything's okay. But then um, my, I was living with my aunt at the moment and my mom, aunt called my mom and she's like, should we take, him to, take her to the hospital because she's in such pain? And then my mom's like, yeah, take her to the hospital. And at the time, um, the doctor thinks that, you know, it's just a broken bone, everything's fine. And then I went to school that day and people remember me as the girl with a broken arm. <laughs> but then I think a few, um, two days in, I cannot move my fingers. And that's just pretty weird. And we went back to the doctor again and they're like, oh, I think... Um, you damaged like some kind of, um, what's it called, um, neuro stuff. 
And so that first doctor said, well, we will have to amputate your right arm because, you know, it's been, it's just damaged. And then my mom, she was so worried. So she came, she came back from her trip and then she went back to Shanghai. She was like, no, we cannot have my daughter's arm amputated. So she took me to many different doctors in Shanghai. And then finally, there's one that found a way to um, not amputate my arm, which is, I think, like putting light electric current through my body to, you know, re revive the you know, revive the cells and that worked in the end. So yeah, <laughs> just the moral of the story is to not to be skinny and not to be naughty when you're a kid. <laughs> that is, I did not think that's where the story is going at all. God, because yeah, you, you've, you would have never guessed after knowing you, you've, you've got two arms, which um, work. Uh, yeah, was, made such an impact on me. I thought, you know, it's also the power of moms you know moms would just not give up to, to find the best solutions for your kid you know mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my mom and my family i wouldn't have my right arm <laughs> wow that's true that isn't it if you just went for the first doctor's diagnosis that yeah that would have completely changed yeah. your life what a, what a pivotal moment <laughs> that was <laughs> but um a bit more lighthearted, hopefully um your third song <laughs> okay um third song is um, a childhood memory and it's a song called um, Don't Say Lazy from the anime K-On. Um, the anime K-On was a childhood favorite. I think I watched it three times when I was in the third or fourth grade in primary school. And um, this is a Japanese song, of course. Um, I'm, I'm learning Japanese at the moment, but it's still not that good. And my favorite lyric from the song translated into English is the most important thing is to care for yourself. You have to love yourself before you can love someone else. And this just, this left such an impact on me when I was in third grade because um, my mom was taking care of me all alone. And um, also she was very sick at the moment. So um, I remember in third grade, we have to write an essay about like um, your favorite lyric or your favorite quote, and just chose this and dedicated it to my mom because I was saying like, mom, you have to love yourself before you can love me because you're doing like, you're doing so much to care for me. And I just think she should also love herself more. And yeah, that song is my favorite. And it also talks about like body image and young girls and how we're all just not eating stuff and trying to be skinny, but you don't have to be perfect all the time because they used animals such as swans and peacocks as example and saying that you know peacocks only have their feathers out when they want to impress someone they don't always look that perfect and how swans they look all elegant and stuff but like under the water they have their feet fluttering and stuff so i just think that it's very it's such a cute song but also it conveys a strong and powerful message of loving yourself mm. it's fab so i want to come back to the international schools so as you mentioned previously you went to both national uh, Chinese school as well as international school what would you say is the biggest differences between both experiences okay uh, where should I start so I went to primary school I think in the in, it's still in China but uh, it's like an international department of a national of a like local Chinese school and in the in the international department we had American teachers and we were learning textbooks I think from California or like you know one of the United States like states <laughs> and I just remember it was it was so much fun like we we played games during spelling class and um, it's just the teachers has a way of they do they know how to work with kids and how to have make us have fun while learning and um, I transferred to that school when I was in third grade so in in the first and second grade 
I, um, English, I wasn't that fluent in English, but then um, like the first few, first few months into that school, because we have to speak English all the time. And then I was forced to learn and to improve. So I got better then. So I think the, from the American school, it was just all about how to make learning fun and actually learn stuff. And then in middle school, I was transferred back into the local Chinese system. And the thing that struck me most is how easy the English was. So um, because I don't want to lag behind um, my English and I took extra lessons on the weekends just to keep up. And um, in the Chinese system, um, that school was also very interesting. Like um, we have to present in every single class, which um, local Chinese schools they usually doesn't do. And the thing, what do you mean by present? Sorry. Oh, sorry. So I think in um, traditionally Chinese class, it's just a teacher, you know, giving a lecture on stuff and you just listen and take notes. But in that school I went to, it's like teacher um, laying down the basics of the class. And then we are divided into different groups and each group will come up with with um, a topic. So like this group's gonna focus on the um, introductions or like the themes of this article. And the next group's gonna focus on the literature, um, the literary techniques used in this article or something and then each group will present. So like that's um, the school I went to. I think it really developed my presentation and communication skills and teamwork and stuff. And well, then in high school, I was in the British system. So that's very different from Chinese and American systems. I was doing GCSEs and IBs and it was, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's just really fun with all my friends and everything. And um, I didn't quite understand like the British accent at first, but then I got used to it. <laughs> and then final one before we move on to um, the fourth song, but are there any stereotypes of international schools which aren't true? Yeah, of course, there's so many. I could talk about this all day, but the main thing is that everyone's rich or everyone has rich parents, which is totally not true. Me and many of my friends, many of my friends that went to these schools, we are not rich and we rely on scholarships very much to get into these schools. And another stereotype is that, um, you know, people in international schools don't actually study, they just play and their parents can like donate a building to schools and they get into universities, which is totally not true. We have to work very hard to get into universities I want because I don't want to rely on my parents in the future. And yeah, just, we also work really hard and sometimes even harder than people think. <laughs> Brilliant, we're now gonna move on to your fourth song. Can you let me know what it is and any reasons why? Okay, the fourth song is um, a song called Pied Piper by BTS, which is a very popular Korean boy group. And um, I, got, I first got into BTS actually last year, around this time last year. Um, I was on a train to Durham to visit my friend. And on the train, I got really bored and I, I had nothing to do because I forgot to bring a book. So I thought, I might just Google BTS because, you know, everyone's talking about it. I just want to see what the hype is about. And I started listening to a few of their songs. I was like, oh, they really know what they're doing. They have really great songs. And then I stumbled upon this song called Pipe Piper during exam season. And um, I think this um, Pipe Piper, I Googled the meaning. It kind of means it's a legend that dates back to the Middle Ages. And it, it kind of refers to a um, charismatic person who attracts followers, a musician who attracts mass, which is like BTS. And, you know, in the Korean, I think in the K-pop industry, there's like crazy fandom going on. And a lot of people would, you know, only listen to their songs or spend money on their idols and not be actually working or studying. So I think BTS in this song, they're saying that, 
please don't do this. Like, you know, focus on your work, focus on your study and um, when you're ready, when you have the time and then you can like um, devote yourself into the fandom and enjoy our music. So they're saying that like, don't be crazy over us, which a lot of people do, like be yourself. And then when you love yourself and you find yourself and then please enjoy our music or our music be like something that brings you happiness. Brilliant. Um... So yeah, so now I'm going to ask, um, had some questions about your gap year. So you said during your gap year, you worked as a research assistant at the Institute of Geographic Sciences and Natural Resources. Yeah, can you just explain what it is you did and how it was? Um, yeah, it's a long name, the, inst the institution, but um, it's like a, it's um, a branch of the Chinese Academy of Sciences that does research specifically on geography and like natural resource management. And um, yeah, how I got that internship is also quite interesting because after I um, finished sixth form and interesting fact was I was going to study BA geography at UCO actually I had my accommodation ready and everything set and even have my visa ready as well and like last minute I thought well you know is this what I actually want to do is that the school I want to go to and also at the time I was 17 so which means even if I go there I cannot go to bars and stuff so I thought that's not fun and and last minute, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to take a gap here. I'm going to reapply to other universities and see um, and like explore what I really want. So um, I rejected the offer last minute and I was left with like no university and no job. So I was panicking and I was calling my mom. I was like, mom, what do I do? And she's like, OK, calm down. We can find you some job. And then we just started Googling like um, research positions because um, people that know me know that one of my dream jobs is to become like a, a researcher or work in academia so my mom, me and my mom were like okay let's just um sit down and google what jobs they have for like internship positions in like research research facilities and chinese academy of sciences is one of the most famous ones here in china so um and i don't know how we just stumbled upon um this um, researcher at chinese academy of sciences and then my mom called her and, she, and introduced like her daughter, she's like, oh, my daughter is very interested in geography and research and she's going to UD in the UK. So she's taking a gap year right now if you have any positions available. And the researcher, very luckily, she's interested in me. So we just flew to Beijing the next day, had an interview. And then she's like, yeah, great. I think you'll be a great fit for us. And then I got in. Nice. So I spent the year there helping with her research. We did a lot on like urbanization and research in China and water management and like carbon emissions and everything. So what I did is um, because translating like articles from Chinese to English, when you outsource that to a company outside, it's quite expensive. And because I have knowledge in Chinese and English, so I did a lot of translation of papers and some of them are published. And I also um, help wrote, wrote papers on like topics that the researcher wanted me to. So it's just translation and doing independent research and co-authoring papers with everyone else. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that um, you wanted to go into academia. I think that's quite interesting. Do you have a field which uh, you're most keen to specialize in? Um, I'm generally interested in like environmental geography as a whole but um, I still have no idea what like niche I want to go into I'm also very interested in like the fashion industry and like fat the effect of fast fashion on the environment or like how 
how to actually achieve sustainable fashion. So that might be something I want to explore as well. Mm. Can I hear about your fifth song? Um, yeah, like, let me see. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, fifth song is um, You're Going Down Memory Lane. It's Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I was such an Avril Lavigne fangirl back in the days, I think in primary school. I went to one of her concerts in Guangzhou, which is a province in uh, a city in southern China. And I just remember dragging my mom with me because I wanted to go so badly and just singing along Skater Boy. I, I think I also performed Skater Boy whenever I can. When I was in primary school, there's like weekly galas and stuff. So I, you know, I do a song by her every single week. I was just such a fangirl. And Skater Boy is just a classic by Avril Lavigne. So as well as being a geographer, um, sustainable fashion lover as well. But yeah, so you worked at Nike and Hollister, um, part-time and internships. Uh, can you tell me about, yeah, those experiences? What is it you did and what were they like? Okay. Um, the experience at Nike was actually um, an opportunity provided by my old school. Um, it's Williamson College here in Shanghai. So one day, because um, if you know the IB curriculum, you know you had to do like cast, which is you have to do like volunteer activities and sports and everything. So this was part of an opportunity for volunteer opportunities. And one of the teachers was like, um, are you interested in this um, position in Nike and I didn't even ask what it's for I'm like yeah sure of course and so that was um, they were having they were launching a new collection called the 10 and we were asked to help on they were having an exhibition so a few of us were asked to help on site with like event planning and event coordination and like on-site support so that was really fun we introduced like the customers to a poster making section and like introduced the 10 series to them which was quite fun and then for Hollister that was um a part-time job during summer before my gap year. So I just thought I, I have to do something for my summer. I, just, I don't just want to you know, stay at home and watch Netflix all day. So I, so I just got myself a position at Hollister. I also love fashion. And um, as I got closer with the store manager, I also assisted with like, you know, the layout of the store and, you know, how to best convey the style of our brand to the customers. And um, last term, during Mikuma's term, I also did an internship at this company called Australian Fashion Labels. I was the marketing and um, public relations intern. I did that mo mostly because, you know, if I don't have an actual deadline or like a big task awaiting for me, I would sleep until 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. in the afternoon, which is completely unhealthy. So I found this internship, which I would work from nine to six and then come home and catch up with my lectures and classes. So yeah, that internship, I helped with like um, coordinating with um, celebrity stylists and sending our clothes to them and see if the, the celebrity that they manage can wear and help pu publicize our brand and everything. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I've just realized I've made the mistake and that's um, Australian fashion labels. I thought you meant there was lots of different ones. That's why I said various <laughs> Australian. Well, they're... they're it's, it, it's quite complicated because it's like a big brand called a big company called Australian Fashion Labels, but they carry five different, you know, designer brands from Australia. Okay. So it's <laughs> yeah. still, it's not. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not. Um, yeah. It's not completely. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, jumping in with the um, big question, but what do you think um, the fashion industry's biggest challenges are in going sustainable? Um. <laughs> Well, I'm still a newbie in sustainable fashion. So it's just, you know, my very 
little um, opinion on it, but I think um, packaging and the overproduction of clothes are two main problems uh, because we're always also in the general no, global circular challenge um, like this term with a couple of LSE teams. And we learned that like fashion industry is the second most polluted industry in the world just because of the amount of clothes that we throw away each year that end up in landfills. It's because of the, this overproduction of clothes and also fast fashion clothes. A lot of them don't have good enough qualities to be worn several years. So people would just like wear one season or once or twice and then throw it away. So I think making good quality clothes that last for a long time is very important. It's something that we need to aim for in the future. And mm -hmm. secondly is um, packaging. Um, I was in charge of like researching for sustainable packaging materials in Australian fashion labels. And that's how, that's when I learned that packaging, packaging is such a polluting industry. Like it's, it's very essential in, in everything, like in transporting products from your know, producers to customers, but you never realize what happens to it. And the amount that we end up with like after um, disposing our clothes. So yeah, we should tackle these two problems. Song number six. Song number six, uh, it's also going down memory lane, a classic back in my primary school days. It's the song called Oh by Girls' Generation. It's a Korean song. Um, I, alongside Avril Lavigne, I was also such a fangirl for Girls' Generation. I even took Korean lessons just so I can understand their lyrics. <laughs> and this Oh, um, I love the choreography of it and similar to like Scared about by Avril Lavigne. I also had, I grabbed every single chance to perform, and I performed "Oh" by Girls' Generation like every single occasion that I have. And like even I think my classmates were sick of hearing the song. <laughs> it's just a song that makes me feel good and like reminds me of the good old days when I used to dance and sing. <laughs> so now I wanted to ask about this bungee jump. Of um, is it? I, I really my pronunciation is just. It's Macau. Macau, Macau Tower. So yeah, can you tell me about your bungee jump off Macau Tower? Of course, that was that was such an amazing experience. So um, I've, I've always liked um, these activities such as like roller coaster or like bungee jumps or skydive, but I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of like haunted houses or like scary movies, which is weird. So, but my mom, she's always quite against me going bungee jumping because she just thinks that why would anyone do that to themselves? Like scared the hell out of them. So um, during my gap year, because I was working on many different jobs, I um, saved enough money to go bungee jumping on Macau Tower. I didn't tell my parents what I was doing. So I just went to Macau and did the bungee jump. It was really amazing. And I think it's one of the tallest ones in the world that you can do. I think it's 200 meters or something, which is so fun. You get, you, you feel so liberated afterwards. It's like your whole life, your whole life flashes before your eyes in that 13 seconds that you fall down. And afterwards I showed the video to my mom and she was like, what, why, why do you do that? And then she's like, oh, but it, it looks so much fun. I'm so glad you did it. I was, was going to ask, what is your um, mom's reaction afterwards? Because, yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things that, you know, if you tell your family before, they're obviously going to try and talk you out. <laughs> yeah. But, and also interesting, because my mom knows what bungee jump is and my dad doesn't. And so um, my dad was asking me, um, how was your day? And I was like, oh, I had such an amazing day. I went bungee jumping in my, in my cow. And he's like, he thought it was just, you know, some regular sport. He's like, oh, that's great for you. You're doing sports. And then two, like, two days later, he Googled what bungee jump is. And then he just texted me. He was like, why, why did you jump off a building? That's so dangerous. 
so now um your seventh song my seventh song is um happiness is a butterfly by lana del rey she's also one of my favorites and she's also you know an icon i love happiness is a butterfly because the lyrics are very poetic and it's like telling a story so telling a love story and it's so sad and hopeful at the same time i think i like songs that have like a juxtaposition a mixture of different feelings it has to be happy and sad and hopeful and like depressed at the same time that's what makes you know human emotions so interesting and so diverse and this song also reminds me of the days i was back in london because i would listen to this song on repeat when i was walking like from bankside to lse and especially like the memory of listening to the song on the millennium bridge just reminds me of london yeah mm -hmm. listening to the song nowadays well, like um, now, whenever I want to go back to London, I just listen to this song. So now, um, last few questions. I think I know the answer to the first one, but if you were to have a dinner party and could invite one celebrity guest, anyone in the world, um, who would it be? Um, that's, actually, I have a lot, but you know, I would say choice of that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him so much. I want, I want to talk to him and see, you know, what what a great mind writes all these beautiful lyrics and songs. <laughs> and then say he was busy that evening. Um, what was your what was your you know next runner up be? Okay, my runner up would be Jane Goodall, Doctor Jane Goodall. She's a an English. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Primatologist and anthropologist. Yeah, you know, she's like very famous in um, studying um, chimpanzees and primates, mm. and um, yeah, she's just my idol. When I was ever since I was a little girl, I think my mom introduced me to her, and she's like, you know, this she is a very independent woman, and she does um, this amazing research on you know, uh, you can say where humans came from, and it's just she was studying at a time when you know women were often disregarded by like the greater academia just because of her gender but she was fighting against it and she was like telling the world and showing the world that you know you don't have to be a man to to be smart or to be able to work in academia you can be a strong woman that's smart and beautiful at the same time and finally what would you say is your favorite thing about being part of the LSE my favorite part is absolutely the people that's in the LSE. Um, before coming to the LSE, I didn't expect to make so many friends and like meet some meet great people like you and you know all the staff and faculty members here. It's just everyone's, especially the geography department. Everyone's just so friendly and so amazing, and you know they would be a good be good listeners, and we will share good stories and just have a good vibe and a good time together. It's just the people here is amazing and now finally but by no means the least what is your eighth song my eighth song i am going back to my favorite singer it's um there for you by martin garrix and choice event uh, i chose this song you know not only because um, my favorite singer does um, she he he's in the song but also because it has a very special meaning in my heart i remember during sixth form um, towards the end of sixth form, I think in year 13, I was having a very difficult time, both in my personal life and in school. And I was a bit depressed, actually. 
And um, my closest friends, she knows what I was going through. And then one day I was having a, such a break, mental breakdown. And then she just texts me and she's like, you'll be okay. And then she sends me this song. And all of a sudden, I just feel so much happier because not she just knows what I was going through. And there for you, it just means even though she's not like physically here with me, she's here with me mentally. And she knows that my favorite, my all-time favorite artist is Choice Sivan. It's just, she really gets me. And like that just really brightens up my day. And re I'll remember that um, no matter how bad I feel or how sad I feel, there's always someone that cares about me and someone like who loves me. Moving on from the songs, um, we've got, yeah, all of our luxuries and quote and so on, but we'll start with the book. So, um, you're allowed to take with you, um, oh, I forgot what it is now, the Bible, the beverage report and the book of your choice. So what is the book you'll be taking with you? This is a very easy answer. I knew immediately what I was going to take. It's the book thief by Marcus Zusak. Yeah, by Marcus Zusak. Um, it's my all-time favorite book. I read this book um, every single year. It's amazing. And my favorite quote from it um, is um, on the last page. It says, I wanted to ask her how the same thing could be so ugly and so glorious and its words so damning and brilliant. And I think that's the very... Um, that, that summarizes how I feel about the book as well. It's just so beautifully written, but also like um, so sad at the same time. It's just hard to express it. Like after I finished the last page for the first time, I, I was frozen there for like a good 10 minutes, just letting everything sink in. It's such a sad, but beautiful story as well. It's just so beautifully written. I love it. <laughs> uh, what is the luxury you'll take with you? I'm not sure if this is cheating, but or if it's okay, but I will bring an RV. Okay, well, it depends on the purpose. So why? Why would you bring an RV? Well, I would bring an RV firstly because I just got my driver's license last month and I love driving. <laughs> and secondly, it's just, um, it's, you know, it has so many different uses. If you want to sleep, there's the bed. If you want to cook, you have the kitchen. And, you know, if you want to, at first I was going to say, I want to bring a camera. But then I thought, you know, there's the dash cam on cars. So I don't need to bring a camera. There's already a camera on the car. So RV is just so, it's, you know, multifunctional. I can do everything on it and have the comfort of being in a safe place in the wilderness or in a desert. Well, you're definitely breaking a lot of rules with that one. But, you know, I won't, I won't, <laughs> I won't tell the BBC. Um, so, yeah, RV, just to clarify, it's the big van car, right? Yeah, the recreational vehicle or camper trailers. Exactly. So yeah, you've got that's definitely you've got a bed, a home, running water. You know, that's definitely. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure it's against the rules. <laughs> you know what? We'll give it to you. It looked really funny plunking it on um, the Canva Series Four Island. <laughs> um, and then yeah, your what is your favorite meal? My favorite meal. Um, it's such a hard time deciding. I have a favorite home-cooked meal and a favorite restaurant meal. Go on, you can hit me okay. up there. Okay, my favorite home-cooked meal is chicken noodle soup by my mom. Mm. It's amazing. Sorry for the vegetarians and vegans here, but it's just so good. Every time I come home or I like go to where my mom is, she would cook this for me because she knows just how much I love it. It's, it's so, so tasty, especially the ones that are made by my mom. The restaurant ones are just so plain. The ones my mom makes, she puts into like um good materials inside so it's good and for favorite restaurant food it's there's this um fast food place called charlie's here in shanghai which is like 
you know, a Shanghainese version of Shake Shack, but so much better than Shake Shack. You know, Shake Shack is nothing compared to Charlie's, in my opinion. And their cheeseburger is just something to die for. It's amazing. <laughs> mm. And finally, your favorite quote. Okay, my favorite quote is、um, by Dr. Jane Goodall, who I mentioned earlier. It's、um, "What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make." It's just very powerful and reminds us to consider our actions. Brilliant. Well, Jennifer, that brings us to the end. Thank you very much for sharing your job, Carl and Jams. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a fun time.